What's in a name? Names are important. You know, you may have a name and your name means something. Um, and if you haven't, just try to look it up. But what is in a name? And I want to share with you Living Word Fellowship Church. Living Word Fellowship Church was, was founded basically in 1985. It came from a house church that was put together in Sealing, uh, Oklahoma, or Sealing, Oklahoma. Uh, and and uh, McKinney, I think, was the pastor's name with that. Tony and Tanya, you know, were being led by the Spirit of the Lord to begin to, to birth this thing. So God is birthed. Living Word Fellowship back in 1985. But I began to wonder about the name Living Word Fellowship. I know that there's a Living Word Fellowship in Enid. Anybody aware of that? There's a Living Word Fellowship in Moore, Oklahoma. Anybody aware of that? We were, we were at a meeting one time, and I looked, and I saw that van, and it said Living Word Fellowship on it. It was, it was Moore, Oklahoma. So did we just get a name from somebody else? Did we just come and pull a name out of the hat and say, this is what we're going to be? And what does a name represent? And the name Living Word Fellowship represents exactly that. The living word itself. So I want to talk tonight about the living word. This is the living word. Amen. And we're going to look at some scriptures because I kind of want to break down living word and I want us to look at that. I want us to begin to look at some things tonight. So the, the, the word, word in the Greek is two different things. Number one, it's logos or L-O-G-O-S, logos. And some pronounce it logos, but it's logos. And that can mean something of something said. It can mean, the Greek word means a divine expression, like as in Christ. If you remember in John chapter 1, well, let me just, let me just, if you guys turn with me just to John chapter 1. And I want us to begin to look at this because how important is the word of God? And I want us to begin to gather some things that when we come together and we hear the word of God and we open our hearts, we open our eyes, we open our spirits, things can begin to change just because of the word of God. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, that is logos, and it means Jesus, and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that hasn't come into being. In him, this is Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So in the very beginning was the word, the Logos word, the word of God. Jesus was there in the beginning when God began to create. He began to speak forth things. You know who else was there in the beginning? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth. So that's where we've got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, the Trinity of God, that, that, that it was there in the beginning. So Jesus is the Word, and the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among men. John, John 14, I think is what it is. And He dwelt among men. And so we understand that it's the logos of the word of God. Now, the other word is the, the, in the Greek is rhema. It's the rhema word. Say rhema word. Now, when I looked this up in the, in the Greek, I looked at the rhema, and it said the utterance and utterance, and it also said a written word. That's what it said under rhema. So whether it's the, the, the written word or whether it's the spoken word, it's the word of God tonight. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready for the word. 
Turn to your other neighbor and say, get ready from the word. So if we're going to talk about living word fellowship, if we're going to talk about living word, living word, living word, living word, there is so much in a name. A name can mean certain things. When you speak life into your children, our, our children were, were have biblical names, Rachel and Sarah and Joshua and Joel and Michael. So, you know, they have biblical names. We can begin to speak words of life into them. So we, we began to look at living word. How did this just happen? Did it was just something that just transpired? Or was it somebody else that said, you know, I kind of like this word. What about that? And I began to start searching the scriptures. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I'm probably going to just kind of hit this tonight. And if I go a little bit too fast, um, then get the CD tonight, all right? But Hebrews chapter 4. And I want us to look at verse 12, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Everybody there say amen. If you're not, then look on the screen up there. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit and both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of of the heart. Come on. That that if if we're going to talk about living word. The word of God is alive. It's active. Say alive. Come on. Am I talking to a church that's alive? You're alive, you're active, you're, you're, the word of God is alive and it's active. I mean, it is so alive and it is so active that the Bible says that, that it's, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's sharper than a sword with two edges on it. See, if a sword just had one edge on it and you cut this way and you came back this way, it would be like a bludgeon instrument. It would destroy but a, but a sword with a double-edged sword can go and cut in both directions. Are you with me? So that's what circumcision does. The, the word circumcises our heart. Oh, come on, somebody. It can cut off those things that don't belong there. It can cut off those hard places within our heart. Now, you may have grown up and you may have come into a difficult situation when you were a young man or a young woman and your heart could have gotten hardened because the way your father treated you or the way your mother treated you or the way your aunt treated you or uncle treated you or somebody treated you that way. But how many of you know the word of God is alive and active? It's like a sword that can begin to cut. It can be a surgeon. It can be a scalpel in the hand of God, and it can begin to cut those bad things out of our heart. Whew, I believe I'm in the right place tonight. Amen. This word is alive and it's active. Proverbs, I've got to, I'm going to just roll through some scriptures. If you want to write them down, you can. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God is tested. Whoo, it's tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So not only is the word alive and active, not only is it a living word, and if it's living, it's not dead. <laughs> if it's alive, it's not dead. Come on, somebody. And not only is that, but it's tested. Say tested. So let's look at some other scriptures. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Acts chapter 8, verse 14 says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received 
the word of the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm not going to take everything and put it in context for you tonight, but I'm going to not take those scriptures out of context. Come on, somebody. You're welcome to go back and reread them and put them in the right context. Because when I see this, it said that Samaria had to what? Receive the word. Woodward has to, oh, come on, y'all are getting it. Y'all are got it, man. We've got, so we're going to look at some principles in here and see that. It's alive, it's active, it's tested, it's proven. Come on, somebody. It's tried and true. There's no holes in it. There's no false things in it. There's no darkness in it. Come on, somebody. It's just light. And then he says we have to receive the word of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, receive. So we've got to receive the word of the Lord. Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says, The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of priests were becoming obedient to the faith. So when we, when we talk about the word of God, teach the word of God, proclaim the word of God, preach the word of God, are you with me? Not only is it tested, it's alive and it's active. Not only does it need to be received, but the Bible says that the word of God kept on spreading. It keeps on spreading. It's better than the Energizer Bunny that keeps on going and going and going. The word of God keeps on spreading. Oh, come on, are you hearing me? If you'll begin to use it as being alive and active, if you'll understand that it's tested, it's tried, and it's true, that if you'll begin to receive the word of God, then guess what? It's going to keep on spreading. No, this is a good thing that we want to spread. We don't want disease, germs, and virus to spread, but we want the word of God to spread. Amen? So spread the word. Amen? Just spread the word. Just tell your neighbor to spread the word. We've just got to begin to spread the word. You've got to begin to spread the word. If you want to know what the best-kept secret is, it's probably the word of God. We're afraid to say anything in the midst of a boardroom conversation. We're afraid to say anything when, when somebody has a discussion about certain issues in our society today. We've got to line things up with the word of God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 14. Can I go ahead? Tell me to go ahead. Philippians chapter 1 verse 14 says that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Paul was imprisoned at the time he wrote the Philippian church. Remember that? Remember we talked about that in Acts chapter 28? And he began to say, because I am imprisoned that the brothers actually can speak the word of God more boldly. Are you with me? He says they they have far more courage to speak the word of God without being afraid. Have you all seen this? Are you reading that, Lenny? Check this out. A lot of times somebody gets in trouble and we back off the word. Somebody gets put in prison, and we quit speaking it. Paul says just the opposite. He said, because I was imprisoned, it doesn't seem right, does it? 
And most of the time we just back off when if somebody got put in jail. But Paul says just the opposite, that because he was imprisoned, the brothers began to be strong and they had courage and they were able to speak the word of the Lord or be able to speak the word of God more boldly and without fear. So look at this principle of the living word. If we've got the living word and it's alive and active and it's true and it's tested and, and, and we have to receive this living word. Look at what he says right here. You've got to have courage, courage to begin to start speaking it. Although there may be some difficult situations, I want you to know that Paul might have been in prison, but the word wasn't in prison. Paul might have been behind bars, but the word was being released into the atmosphere and it was changing things. It was changing atmospheres. It was changing society. Although Paul was in prison, the word was not. Turn to your neighbor and say, speak the word. We've got to begin to speak the word. We've got to begin to start speaking the word. We've got to begin to look at it because we've got to have more courage. We've got to not be afraid. And we've got to speak the word of God without fear. The word of God without fear. There's times where we've been, we've been in um, some pastoral care appointments and we'll visit with people and they'll say, what do you think? And I can't give you what I think. Are you with me? I have to give you what the word says. So when people get upset with us, <laughs> they really get upset with God. Come on, somebody. Because we're giving them what the word says. Because there's times where I can say, I think, I think, I think. And then there's times I'm like, whoops. Never mind. It's not about what I think. Let's go back to the word of God and see what the word of God says. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I am a citizen, a fellow citizen with Christ Jesus. I'm joint heirs with Christ Jesus. I got to begin to look at it and say, I'm an ambassador for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I've got to say, this is what the word of God says about me. I'm a new species of being in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Praise God. The old has passed away for me. I don't know about you, but I'm glad the old has passed away for me. Well, let me, I see y'all are a little skeptical yet. So let me get 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's look at verse 13. It says, for this reason, we also constantly thank God for when you receive the word which you heard from us, you accepted it. Not as a word from men, hmm. but for you, for what it really is, for what really is, is a word from God, which also performs its work in you. The word of God is alive and active. If we'll receive the word of God, it will perform a work in us. Oh, I wish I could tell you that there's been some times where there's been some discontentment in my life. And I didn't know what that discontentment was. I thought maybe I was just getting tired of eating hot dogs and macaroni and cheese every night. But it wasn't that. It was the word, oh, come on, was working on the inside of me. And I wasn't doing the things I used to do anymore. Come on, somebody. 
I was putting some of those things away because the word was working on the inside of me. It is alive. It is active. It's working on the inside of me. If we'll hear the word, we'll receive the word. If we'll speak the word, if we'll understand the word, if we'll say, God, give us knowledge, it will come on the inside of you and it'll mess you up. Oh, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about in here? It will mess you up. I thought I was doing right. I didn't know fornication was wrong. I didn't know. My sister lived with somebody. My brother lived with somebody. Other people were living with somebody that I knew that I thought were good people. And then you get the word of God on the inside of you, and it starts working, and it says, "Uh uh-oh, that's not right any longer. Are you hearing me? Come on, it's the word that's beginning to work inside of you. So there's that process in which we're going through. It's those issues that we're dealing with. And he says, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Who believe? Are you a believer? Because it's performing some work in you. Oh, come on, somebody. Second Timothy chapter 2. Look at the screen and let's read this one. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, a descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the word of God is not in prison. I mean, he was in prison when he was writing Philippians. He was in prison when he was writing 2 Timothy. But he again here said that the word of God, I'm in prison, but it's not in prison. It's alive. It's active you got to have courage. You don't have to worry about fear. It'll perform its work within you, but the Word of God is not in prison. The Word of God wants to move forward. The Word of God will grow because it's alive, right? Say alive. Say active. I mean, it's like a, it's like a yeast. Yeast is alive and active. It's like the Bible says the kingdom of God is in Matthew chapter 13. It's like a woman who took and hid three pecks of yeast in this dough and it leavened the whole dough. It made it move forward. The word of God, the kingdom of God is going to move forward. Oh, come on. It's not, I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to prophesy some things. It's not who the president of the United States is. It's not what Iran is going to do to Israel. But the word of God is going to begin to move forth. The word of God is still alive. The word of God is still active. You can't kill it. They tried to kill it for 2,000 years. They tried to kill it. You can't kill it. You can't stop it. It doesn't matter because it's going to continue to advance and grow. That's what the word of God is about. Somebody needs to shout, hallelujah. That's the word of God. It's the word of God. Somebody shout, word of God. Come on, say it again. I don't know if I can hear you. It's the word of God. It's alive. It's active. It's the living word. Are you getting this? You are sitting in a church that is named living word. Hada. A living word. It's alive and active. I got news for you. You might have came in here tonight to visit. You might have came in here tonight and said, you know, I'm just going to kill an hour and a half and I'm going to go home and feel better about myself. But this word is becoming impregnated on the inside of you and you cannot be the same tomorrow as you were today because things are changing in your life and it's the word working in you. I don't know, but I'm fired up tonight. I can tell you all I missed preaching last uh, Sunday, but I'm going to preach it tonight. Amen? 
Well, I can see some of you are still skeptical. Well, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at verse 23. Pete says this. He says, For you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring. <laughs> the living and enduring what? The living and enduring what? I mean, it's alive, it's active, it's living, it's enduring. It'll outlast the Energizer Bunny. It's longer than any Timex can keep on ticking and take a licking. I'm telling you, the Word of God is continually to be enduring. It's an enduring Word. It's an enduring Word. See, that's why some people don't want to come to church. It's because something's taking place on the inside of them because the Word begins to activate the Spirit. And they go back out and say, you know... Them things I used to do just don't look too good to me any longer. And they catch a lot of pressure and heat from their friends. Come on, somebody. They catch a lot of pressure and heat. Say, what's the matter with you, man? You used to be fun last Saturday night. Don't you remember last Saturday night? I'm like, no. That's the problem. I don't remember last Saturday night. The Word of God is alive. It's active. It's living and enduring Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. He says, I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. We're talking about what tonight? The living word. We're talking about what tonight? The living word. They're going to ask you tomorrow, what you told you, what did he preach on? And you're going to say, the living word. It's alive and it's active. We've got to receive it. And according to this scripture right here, he, he was talking, to, he was talking to, to men. He was talking to young men. And he says, you young men are strong. And you're strong because the word of God abides in you. It abides in you. It abides. It abides in me. Say that. It abides in me. Say it again. It abides in me. The word of God abides in you. If you will receive it, if you'll understand that it's alive, that it's active, if you'll understand that it's tested, that it's tried, that it's true, if you'll understand it, that, that you've got to have courage and it's going to displace fear, you've got to have strength in it, that it's going to begin to work in you, it abides in you. Are you all getting this tonight? It abides in you tonight. God has blessed you tonight because you're here tonight. You know that? The word of God abides in me. Say that. The word of God abides in me. Again, tell your neighbor, the word of God abides in me. Tell them again, the word of God abides in me. The word of God abides in me. And when somebody says, look, let's do this and let's do that, you know, you can throw in your lot with us, do these things. You can say, no, 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 I can't do that. They say, why not? They say, because the word of God abides in me. The Word of God is alive and active, and it's changing me. It's shaping me. It's molding me. It's making me something different. I'm coming out of that metamorphosis. I'm breaking out of the cocoon. I'm a butterfly. I got some wings, and I'm beginning to fly, and I'm going to pollinate here and pollinate there because the Word of God is alive, and it's active. It's not some dead, stale Word. you got a fresh Word tonight. There's a fresh Word. It's fresh manna coming from the throne room of God tonight because God wants you to be changed and transformed into his own image. Come on, give the Lord some praise. He is worthy. He is worthy. Okay, I better get going. I better get going. Matthew chapter 4. 
Let's look at this. Turn with your Bibles with me. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. And I want to, I got to get there. Matthew chapter 4. I want you to know how powerful the word of God is. I want you to know that you are in the midst of a living word. This word will grow. I'm telling you, we have got revelation out of this word 10, 12, 15 years ago. And then there's a greater revelation that seems to come. I'm not boasting. I'm not boasting, y'all. I'm just saying that you move from one level to the next level. You move from faith to faith, glory to glory. You're in one level of faith here tonight. You're going to go to the next level. Oh, come on. You're going to go to the next level. We're going we're gonna to begin to start teaching on faith. That, that we're gonna, God's given me a, a design to, to speak that word in you because it'll become live. It'll become active. And things are changing in 2009. Because it's time to shine in 2009. Amen? It's time to shine in 2009. So let's take a look at this word. Matthew chapter 1. 4. I'm sorry. Chapter 4. Verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now hold it right there. Verse 4, He answered, It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do you know what Jesus is doing here? He's in this battle with the devil, and he quotes Deuteronomy. Did you all know that? You all may not have known that. Just stay right there. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. I want, I want you to realize and understand something, that you fight the devil with the word. Come on, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers, Numbers, Numbers. Numbers. Y'all are just better at this than I am. Numbers 26. I didn't know there were so many chapters in Numbers. There we go. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Verse 3 said, He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by everything or every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you with me? See, you, when you take the Bible, read the Bible, when you see somebody quote something else from the Old Testament, go back and look at it and see if it's in the same context and means the same thing. He was speaking to the Israelites in Deuteronomy. He was saying, look, Moses, you got to tell them this is the deal. And they says, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you with me? So Jesus is in this battle with Satan, and he's come and he's tempted him, and he's trying to use the word. And Jesus says, it's written. I'm quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. You know, we put the chapters and verses in there, so that's why Jesus probably didn't say, look, Satan, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, because it wasn't in there, man put those in there. Are you with me? But he quoted Deuteronomy and said, this is what God said. 
And this is what I'm saying to you. He was saying to the devil what God had already said to the Israelites. Y'all got that? All right. Let's look at verse 5. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Listen, right there, what's he do? The devil fights him back and says, I know the word too. Psalms 91. (laughs) He says, I know the word too. It's Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12. And he begins to start quoting that to him. He says, the angels have charge concerning you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. In other words, they're going to keep you safe. And Jesus, he didn't back off, did he? Because the word is alive and it's active. Check this out. I love, I love this next couple sentences. Go ahead. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. That's in Deuteronomy 6, 16. Go ahead. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Hold on just a second. We've been talking about the kingdom of God. The devil takes Jesus up and says, I'm going to show you the kingdoms of the world. Jesus was ready to institute the kingdom of God on the earth. He was fulfilling the kingdom of God. Are you with me? He says, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Just a few scriptures past this, he says, repent. Verse 4, 17, chapter 4, verse 17, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is So here's the devil before that taking him up to this high mountain and says, look, all the kingdoms of the world, they're going to be yours. I I just know my brother Jesus was probably going, I'm fixing to bring in a kingdom that's going to trump your kingdoms. Come on, somebody. You trying to give away kingdoms? I'm going to take them kingdoms. Come on, somebody. We're bringing in the kingdom of light that's going to take care of those kingdoms of the world in the dark. Are you with me? So he's got him on this high mountain. He says, I'm going to give you the kingdoms of the world. And I thought that was kind of ironic that just scripture, you know, scriptures later as you read that Jesus comes in and says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he's trying to get him to do something to give him those kingdoms. And he's ushering in the king of kings and the Lord of lords to trump those kingdoms. Go ahead. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. So check this out. We see how powerful the word of God is. He says, you can't, Man can't live on bread alone. But every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He used Deuteronomy again. He, he came back again with the, the scriptures in Deuteronomy. He came back even the third time with scriptures in Deuteronomy. See, the word of God is alive and active. I can't imagine the enemy trying to take the word of God and use it against Jesus because his word didn't have no power, but when Jesus spoke it, it had power. Oh, come on, somebody. And it's more than just belief because the Bible says that the demons believe and they shudder. You got a tool to work the word. You got a tool to work the word of God. You've got a tool to say, you know what? These things are coming against me in my life, in my situation, and in my circumstance, and I'm going to send the word of God to it. 
And the Bible says in Isaiah 11:55 that the word of God will do what it's planned and purposed to do. It will not return to him void, but it will do what it's sent to do. That's the word. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's the word. So that's the word of God. That's the word of God that we're talking about. That's the word of God that he's activating. So we begin to see that the word of God is alive and active. We see that the word of God is tested. We see that the word of God must be received. Are you with me? We see through the word that it's spreading. Say it's spreading. And we see also that we've got to, to take courage to be able to have courage to be able to speak the word of God boldly and without fear. We've got to begin to speak those things. I think the Bible talks as a scripture that's pulled out that says he, that God calls those things that be not as though they were. Not those things that are not as though they are or are not as though they were not. In other words, if I break my arm, my arm is still broken. But by his stripes, I'm still healed. Come on, somebody. Jesus took that healing on his back. Those stripes, that blood was shed for me for healing in my body. Amen? So we've got to begin to receive that word of God. We've got to begin to know it's alive and it's active. We've got to know that it's tested, it's tried, and it's true. We've got to know that it's spreading. Say spreading. No, 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 say spreading. It's spreading. It's spreading. If you'll speak the word of God, if you'll speak into those situations, if you'll speak into those circumstances, let's be positive about it. The worst thing we can do is to say, Sister, let me pray with you. And we pray and we agree and we speak life into a situation and you walk away and go, I don't think that's going to work. You got to believe the word of God. How many, I'm like a lawyer in a courtroom. I've laid it down Line upon line, precept upon precept. Like a teacher, I've given you the word of God. It says it's alive, it's active, it's tested, it's tried, it's true, it's spreading. You got to have courage. You can't operate in fear. Come on, somebody. It's powerful. Oh, the word of God is powerful. Say it again. Powerful. The word of God is powerful. It gives you power. It plugs you into something that is not just a 110. It plugs you into a 220. In other words, ladies, you can't put a regular stove into this outlet that's on the side of this, this, this sanctuary. You have to have a special outlet that's double. 110 plus doubled is 220. It's 220 power. Now you've got double the amount. Come on, somebody trying to think how the ladies would understand that extra power you got a vacuum cleaner that is a turbocharger anybody got the turbocharged vacuum cleaner i can vacuum in half the time that i used to be able to vacuum because it's turbocharged y'all getting that one i I don't want to be you know I, i just i'm trying to you know cover both grounds for you guys it not only takes courage to speak the word without fear The word of God, according to the scriptures that we read tonight, it's not imprisoned. It's not imprisoned. Oh, come on. No matter what the enemy tries to tell you, the word of God is still alive. It is still active. It's still working today. It worked 2,000 years ago. It's working today. It worked 500 years ago. It's working today. It's going to work tomorrow. It's going to work 400 years, 500 years, where it's going to work in the future because the word of God works. I hope you're getting this thing here tonight. 
The Bible says it's powerful. The Bible says it's sharp. Jerry, would you go get my sword out of my office? I, I, got, I got a visual in my mind that you guys don't understand how powerful the Word of God is. It is life-sustaining. The Word of God is so alive, so active, it can sustain life. It, it abides in you. Jesus said, if you'll abide in me, I'll abide in you. And whatever you ask, you'll be given. Jesus was the Word, and the Word became flesh. Jesus was the Word, and the Word was God, and was with God in the beginning. Are you with me? John chapter 1, we read it earlier. It's alive, and it's enduring. Say enduring. So I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And I want you to know that we are going to arm you this year to have victory. Anybody want some victory? Oh, come on. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Y'all used, maybe y'all didn't do that in Oklahoma. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6. Is everybody there? <laughs> Look at verse 17. Will you, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. I want you to see how the Word of God is. Ephesians six seventeen. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Y'all get this visual? The Bible says that it's the sword of the Spirit. See, because, mm, help me with this, Lord. When Jesus was being arrested, Peter took out a sword and cut, I think it's Malchemus's ear off. The Bible doesn't cover a whole lot on it, but I believe Jesus picked it up and healed it. He was like, Peter, put your sword away. Don't you know that I got legions of angels that I can call down at any moment? This is what's got to take place. I think we need to start cutting some ears off of some devils. Come on, somebody. We need to wield... That sword, this is not a sharp sword, but if it was, it would cut both ways. It would cut one way to remove it, and it would cut the other way to bring healing. That's how the word of the Lord is. It'll cut to remove it, and then it'll come back and cut to heal it. Words that are not words of the Lord are only a single-edged blade. 
because it may cut it, then it comes back and it's a bludgeon instrument and it destroys it. it, makes it worse. That's how the word of the Lord is. The word of the Lord, the living word, living word fellowship is the word of the Lord. Living word. Our goal is to have you live the word. Not just in one area. Oh, come on, are you hearing me tonight? But in every area in your life. We don't want you just to have victory in one area. We want you to have victory in every area. Let me use a sports analogy. We don't want you just to win the first quarter. We want you to win all the quarters. Come on, somebody. We don't want you to win just the first half and lose the second half. We want you to be victorious in every area, in every situation, in every circumstance that you come up against. Now, you know, have I been? I have not been. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I don't strive to be. That doesn't mean, oh, come on, are you hearing me? See, the word of the Lord, even the prophetic voice that can be brought forth, when the prophetic voice activates something in, and the word of the Lord says that you are the head and not the tail. The word of the Lord says you're going to break through this year. The word of the Lord says that you're going to step out of the old and you're going to step into the new. Then I got news for you. I'm stepping out of the old and I'm stepping in to the new. I'm not going to stay around in Lodabar because I have been invited to eat and dine at the king's table. Because that's the word of the Lord. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, that's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. That's what we have. That's the word of the Lord. So, so here's what we're going to do. Y'all all right? Don't let the enemy steal this thing. The devil comes to steal. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. John 10, 10. Life and more abundant life. Where am I going to find that life? I'm not going to find it outside of Christ. I'm going to find it inside of Christ. Where am I going to find that life? I'm not going to find it outside the kingdom of God. I'm going to find it in the kingdom of God. Oh, come on, somebody. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. It's the word of the Lord. Say word of the Lord. It's a living word. It's a living, breathing thing of God, and the enemy can't stop it. And it hurts him probably terribly because he can't stop it. Oh, come on. There's been some of you here tonight that the enemy thought he had you knocked down. He saw the referee over there and he was going one, two, three, four, five. Get back in that corner. Six, seven, eight. And the word of the Lord began to come. And all of a sudden you began to get to your knees. And all of a sudden he said nine. And all of a sudden you stood up and he said, wait a minute, put the gloves together. Ding, ding. Let's get it going again. Because the word of the Lord is alive and active and you've been knocked down, but you're getting back up. You thought he, the enemy thought he took you out, but he couldn't take you out because the word of the Lord is coming forth. It's perpetuating. It's powerful. It is magnificent. It is wonderful. Wonderful. It is the word of the Lord tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to say hallelujah. It's the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. It's alive and active. I wish I could just, I wish I could just pull it out of me and give it to you. I just throw it on you. Here you go. Take that, man. Take it. Because
Because you know what? We think we've been defeated. You haven't been defeated. You think you've been knocked down. I got news for you. Get back up. It's alive and active. Do you think the enemy likes this church? You know why? He don't even like the name. And then have you got your living word with you? Hold it up. Say, this is my word. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. God said it, so that settles it. So tonight, I receive this word to be implanted in me to grow and be fruitful and produce and to take dominion in the earth according to God's will in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give him some praise in the house. Amen. That's, that's the living word. That is the living word. That is the living word. I heard somebody say one time it's just a bag of seeds. Well, I got news for you. A bag of seeds will cause something to grow. Are y'all all right tonight? Shorty, when you come on up and pray for us. Hey, this living word is sealed to you. Let's just stand up a moment and just raise your hands. This living word, we're going to seal this thing in the spirit. We're going to seal this thing in the spirit. Just seal it in the spirit. Are you going to receive this word tonight? And receive this word tonight. And receive this word tonight. We're not going to say, you know, God, I just get it tonight, but tomorrow... I'm going to change my mind. No change in your mind. No being double-minded. But you're going to receive this word tonight. Receive. Receive this word. Receive this word tonight. 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 I'm going to ask you tonight if, if this word is ministered to you just to come forward. Because with the prophetic word, I just want to lay my hands on you as you receive this word.